Hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Benjamin Morse. This week I had Alexander Ludovicus Krabendam on, and that is quite the mouthful of a name. He goes by Ludo for short. Uh, he's one of my good friends from Bali University who is graduating this year with a degree in studio art. He is also a tattoo artist at Grace Tattoo in Whittier. Uh, if you need a tattoo, be sure to check him out. Uh, it would be helpful for the purpose of this episode if you looked at his artwork. So check him out on Instagram and give him a follow. His tag is at Ludo, L-U-D-O dot Crabendam, K-R-A-B-B-E-N-D-A-M, at Ludo dot Crabendam. His, uh... Posts mainly are of tattoos that he has worked on, but if you scroll down uh, further, you can see some of the work that we talk about, and one specific piece that we spend a lot of time talking about that has a pretty nice backstory, I can't wait for you guys to hear it, um, will be linked in the description of the podcast, so be sure to check that out as well. Also, with each episode, I am trying to get better on making the audio quality the best it can be. I know it picks up a lot of background noise, and in this one, I'm also a bit quiet. Uh, so we're still trying to figure that out, and hopefully it'll just improve in future episodes. But anyways, thanks so much for listening. Please uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify, and tell your friends about this if they might be interested in art or anything that we talk about. Uh, yeah, give it a follow. Thumbs up. Like and subscribe. You know how it goes. Anyways, here is Ludo. Insert theme song here. You are graduating this semester. Hopefully, yeah. With a bachelor's of fine arts in what? Design. In design, okay. Yeah. And you're also a tattoo artist? Yeah, I would say predominantly a tattoo artist. Predominantly. More so than student? More so than student, yes. As any of my professors will attest to. <laughs> You're not much of a student. Not much of a student. Self-proclaimed not a student. Self-proclaimed not a student. But Viola thinks enrolled I'm, a I'm as paying, a student. I'm paying as much money as other <laughs> students, but I am taking it perhaps less seriously than all of them. I feel like if I had, if I had the knowledge I have now, when I was in high school, a senior in high school, I probably just would have bypassed the whole college thing. It just gone straight to tattoo. Yeah. Gone right to any craft. Yeah. I don't know. Do you That's... feel like there's been any merit for being at school? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't think it was a waste of time. I just think that You would have done it differently. I would have done it differently. I don't I don't wanna, you know, hate on going to school. It's definitely a good opportunity. Yeah. Everything. I just don't know if it was the most I could have done with the time I had. For sure. But you have a lot of time ahead of you. I do, yeah, I'm young. <laughs> I am a youth still, so. Well, you made it to the end. I did. As much as you talked about so, dropping out. Dude, yeah, every every semester, I, I mean, after the first semester, my freshman year, I was like, I'm done. This is not for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. That was before I even had any, any gig lined up. I was still doing design. I was still doing... Um, like freelance design stuff, mm -hmm. and I was still ready to get out of there. Yeah. But so, at what point did you start thinking of being a tattoo artist? Um, I got my first tattoo. I actually been thinking about it since high school, but mm -hmm. didn't really, didn't really uh, fully develop into like a real grown up adult thought until I got my first tattoo. Uh, let's see, January of 
2016, something like that. And what was it of? It was some. It was some really lame line work thing, <laughs> and a moon. And a moon. Yeah, it was. It was bad. I overpaid. I went somewhere in Hollywood. It's bad. Don't get tattooed in Hollywood. It's not worth it. <laughs> get tattooed at Grace Tattoo yeah, Shops. Yeah, look up Ludo Krabendam on Instagram, and uh, he'll hook it up. All right. Yeah, but that's after I got my first one, I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And then I found Grace Tattooed in Whittier because mm-hmm. it was close by, and one of my friends, Breton Thune, actually, mm-hmm. recommended it. And then I went there and Josue touched up the tattoo I already had. Then it took me about another year to save up enough money to get another one. This is what I want to do. I want to apprentice at Grace Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went back. Got my second tattoo, tried to talk myself up, asked for an apprenticeship. My now boss was like, nope, not going to happen. I was like, darn. Took another year and tried again. Did he just straight up say no? He straight up said no. Um, He's like, we don't have any room. We're not looking for anybody. This is not, like, you're not really doing what we're looking for. Hmm. So at the time I was doing, like, pretty, like, strictly my illustrations, the black, like, etching style stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was a traditional shop. So okay. it just like wasn't really aligning, I guess they were, they, but I think predominantly it was mostly just like they already had a full house and they didn't need anyone else mm-hmm. to be there. So they had an apprentice already and it was like, whatever. But then when I got my chest tattooed from Aaron, he like the week before I got tattooed, they had just like fired or the old apprentice quit or something. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of. Was it was good timing and I swooped in and yeah it was it was really good and here I am like a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. And so what is what does traditional tattoo look like? Like why is that different? Like the bold lines color usually. um, Think like Sailor Jerry, like you know your old your granddad's army tattoo. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, bold lines mostly and bright colors and like shading and everything. Gotcha. Yeah, it seems like the shading is, like, a really big part of it. Yeah. At least yeah. from what I've seen you do and, like, what you post. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm doing, I, like, apprentice and learned sort of traditional stuff. And then I think my boss recognized that, like, maybe my talents were elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So he kind of gave me a little bit more freedom. Okay. Good. And then I'm now I'm kind of just doing my own thing. Nice. So are and you still an apprentice? I'm, like, a half C. I'm, oh. like, an in-between guy. Cause I once I I cause I can't be I can't work full time yet, because mm-hmm. of school. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, once I graduate, I think everybody will kind of globally recognize me as a full time artist, but I'm not. Globally. Globally, yeah. That's the end goal is to be an international global superstar. Superstar, yeah. Superstar tattoo yeah, artist. That's the idea. Going to going to China in the fall mm-hmm. to tattoo there for three weeks. Wait, are you actually? Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. You have like some connections Jewish cousins in China in China really yeah it's really random doing an artist residency it's crazy it's a long story wow yeah that sounds exciting I'm pretty stoked I met you my freshman year at Biola which was now three years ago Two and a half years was ago. Was I your RA that year? Yeah, you were my RA. <laughs> which was... I was a terrible so RA. So exciting. It was uh, great. I wouldn't have wanted a different RA. That's good. How did I... <laughs> rate me. One to ten. How did I do? Um, For what I wanted in an RA, ten out of ten. Oh, sick. But for what Biola wanted in an RA, probably a lot lower. <laughs> probably. That's but fair. I would say that about Horacio, too. Like, yeah, I'm not no. saying that because it's you. I'm just that saying... That fool like, was...
And yeah. I was just like... <laughs> I don't know. I might edit that out. But oh. oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't want to incriminate. Right. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. I met you when I moved to Viola. You were yeah. my RA. Yeah. It was a good time. And this was before I was even an art major. That's true. Oh, um, and you were doing your your style back then, which was the like classic ink. Yeah, on I was paper. doing like etching <laughs> illustrations or illustrations with a dip pen and black ink and mm-hmm. sort of an homage to the great etching artist of ye olden times. Yeah, it really felt like ye olden times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so much detail in each of those works and just so much patience like went into those like drawings. It was always super incredible to see and very intimidating for me wanting to do art and then seeing you <laughs> have that talent. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I could ever do art. <laughs> do you so anyways, I'm in it now. Yeah, and, and you're honestly probably being a more efficient designer than I could have ever dreamt of being. <laughs> You know, not to just like yeah, I try the classic. Oh, we all have different skills and whatnot, but genuinely, damn dude. Genuinely, we do have different skills. Genuinely, we do have just different. Like I couldn't. Yeah. I tried. I gave it the old one too, but I just couldn't do design. <laughs> or at least not like <laughs> even the though you're graduating with it. Right. In yeah. But I think at some point Daniel was like, "Ah, oh, this kid's doing his own thing." So I just sort of. And then when I started tattooing, I think all my professors kind of understood that I was... You already had a path. Just, I was like, just let him fly by. Yeah. I don't know if it was fly by, because I definitely had to like, still do some work. work yeah. But like, I just sort of did my own thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, tried to find like a good marriage between what, what I was supposed to be doing and yeah. what I was getting money to do. Yeah, but I found that's always been the case for some of the bio projects that I've done it's like they're so open-ended and right I think that's what you're supposed to do you can pretty much explore in any way you want even yeah. though the guidelines are there yeah guidelines yeah. are there literally just so that you can give them two of those guys and <laughs> yeah this is an audio only podcast oh right I flipped him off <laughs> thank you it was the the old double middle fingers <laughs> yeah anyways um anyways yeah you would talk about a lot back then when I would ask you about your art um and seeing almost like a lot of darker tones mm-hmm. in the art compared to especially what you see at Biola mm-hmm. in Biola's public art not necessarily the art department and the image of the students and then the faculty um, it very much felt separate from that it was a little countercultural. Yes. yeah I remember talking to you about that and you saying a lot about um, the spiritual side of that work and mm-hmm. trying to identify uh a lot of religious themes in this like your own way in this darker tone um and i don't know if it was like for the purpose of shock value or if that was just like your um your desired mode of communicating the ideas well it was like kind of a multiple different reasons i think you know i think the shock value i've always enjoyed this sort of shock value of of everything of most like media type things I, I enjoy kind of un, unnerving and unsettling people it's kind of entertaining to me and I think it I think it used to perhaps less so now even over the course of a couple of years I think less so now has some like importance it like starts conversation mm-hmm. you know, I think now every everyone is trying to everything is shock value everything mm-hmm. but and to, to a point where it's 
<clears throat> I think most most people have been desensitized to anything that's shocking to them. Yeah. So I think when I first started with that, because I only started doing that style that year, mm-hmm. that when your freshman year. So it was like, oh really? Right. I had never done anything like that before until okay you sort of showed up. I saw that. <laughs> and I I started. Right. When you saw me, you're like, oh, I need to draw some scary stuff. Right. Guy. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> no, I think it was, it was just like convenient timing, I guess. So it might yeah. have looked like something like a pra- that sounds like I'm bragging. It was like it looked like you had been doing it for right. a really long time. Right. But I was just I was still sort of talking about the same things. I just was I, I found a new aesthetic mm-hmm. style or like practice that I wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I always enjoyed um sort of renaissance baroque period mm-hmm. sort of religious iconography mm-hmm. um and architecture and paint and some of the like the master painters and such that mm-hmm. i wanted to take what they were were representing and saying and kind of put it through a new filter um and and sort of talk to a contemporary audience with at least this was my original intention to talk to a contemporary audience with sort of older icons. Um, and yeah, I did, it definitely had like a, a more macabre odious sort of feel. And I don't know that partly, like I said, partly for shock value, mm-hmm. partly because I think that there was, there is a, a whole group of people that are attracted to that sort of aesthetic, that style and they understand that visual language and that visual, you know, the, those sort of tones, I think we're yes, calling them, yeah, yeah. in work, that don't really hear a lot about God. Mm-hmm. Or when they do, it's a pretty much an immediate... It's uh, usually the opposite direction that you're trying right. to show them. Um, so I, I think my early, like, fine art practice was aimed very directly at talking to talking to people who would otherwise not want to hear about God mm-hmm. um, in a way that is something that they could like that could lead them into it you know mm-hmm. because it is like very dark imagery yes. and if you're just like you know another metalhead who like likes dark things mm-hmm. and death and whatever it's then, immediately appealing right it's appealing and then that you might give it some, the time of day and I yes. and I've never once had uh, a work or an illustration that didn't have a positive message mm-hmm. or at least a like a, a meaningful a meaningful Christ-centered message yeah. you know i think the one that got the most publicity because i put it up on a huge wall yes <laughs> which is a story <laughs> um yes I, well i'd love to get like more specific so i'm going to pull it up okay all right yeah so for this piece uh oh do you want to try and describe or should i try and describe dude i think you should try and describe. i'm just interested to see what you how you would verbally process what you're looking at. okay so backstory there was a bunch of construction walls up around our art department about a year ago um because they were building a new science building and about a week before the walls were torn down you uh blew up one of your images to cover the entire like six foot wall it was eight feet by ten feet eight feet by ten feet wall in 
a fat black sharpie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the image that I'm looking at that I will attempt to describe to you, and I'll link it in the description so you can see it for yourself, um, is there's two skeletons kneeling, facing inward, um, kneeling in a form of like prayer with their hands closed. There is two barren trees that look pretty dead that are forming almost like an oval, like an archway or like an altar tied together at the top. And in the center is a Christ-like figure, uh, shirtless, uh, with their hands, (laughs) not only hands tied, but like cut off um, in a crucifix pose and just looking very beat and they're doing great so far yeah, I think, very honestly. beat down and uh no feet either just kind of floating under these dead trees and to top it all off there is a bag over the head and so this is uh the work that Luda decided to put on the walls of Biola right and if me describing it wasn't frightening to you then please go look at it it's makes me feel a little on edge when I look at it it's an incredible work of art, and just knowing that it was six feet by eight, or eight feet by ten feet, sorry. That's okay, I'll forgive you. It's huge, you know, that's a huge piece of work, and he was working on it for a long time, put a lot of effort into it. 24 hours. Yeah, and I remember going and seeing him working hard, plugging away, yeah, drawing something he believed in, and uh, yeah. it's very worthwhile. So, why don't you tell us... <laughs> kind of what happened or what this is about yeah well i mean we'll do both because i think both are kind of worthy narratives yeah um sort of and i think what happened speaks pretty loudly towards what i was why like why i was focusing on such you know like this kind of imagery um sort of the background for what it was about the original illustration i think was like six inches by i don't even know yeah it was a small frame. Yeah, it picture. was like a six by nine thing. Yeah, yeah, tiny. And I used really the, like a zero one nib to do this whole. Thing. It was tiny, but then I blew it up. And I was like, "That is cool." Um, the original thing, I wasn't trying to. Uh, with any of my work, I wasn't trying to like have some sort of lofty galactic Christian message that was mm-hmm. like highly intricate. I, everything I tried to keep really accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought that was important to have. If, if you're just getting into something, then you don't, you know, you don't teach yeah. kindergartners, you know, like engineering. You teach them how to count to, you know, ten. Yeah. Good so point. Good point. That was so. When I say like the message was just, uh, is pure and simple idolatry, and you know the dangers that are, um, there within, and mm-hmm. it's something that's like, that that potentially is the most universal theme that I was always talking about because I think I I believe that idolatry and and particularly like idolizing oneself is the 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 root sin that is behind every sin that has ever been committed on earth okay um which is what my senior show is actually all about come visit come visit (laughs) one of the dates that's a good question. <laughs> My phone's over there. All right, we'll plug them in later. All right. It's April 29th? I don't know, dude. I'll add it to the Whatever, end. somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, you have 
this uh, the two skeletons worshiping pretty simple there's if you're worshiping anything besides you know the one true god then your worship is is leading you to a, a pretty obvious end point like there's no life found in and putting any yourself or any other thing before god um and then you have representing everything that isn't god is this pseudo christ figure that is uh, the bag over the head. I figured if if I'm masking who it is, it allows it to be anything and anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and another theme throughout my work is when I cut the hands off, there's no, uh, there's nothing that you can, there's no fruit there, you know, mm-hmm. because you can't make, make build, work, do anything. Yeah. Um, and then no legs or feet is you can't go anywhere. Um, there's no mobility, obviously. And, mm-hmm. I think the the worship of anything besides Christ, or the you know, laying anything at the altar, the feet of anything that isn't Christ, is disallowing you to move, and it's disallowing you to have like good works mm-hmm. and fruits and everything. So, I thought pretty, pretty great Bible message, right? There. I thought this is cool, and I I and I you know I'm not and I'm not I'm not dumb. I know that that's sort of pushing the. <laughs> pushing the boundaries of what might be acceptable. Yes. Um, but I had verbal permission from a few different people and in conversation, they were like, damn, I wish people, more students would put art up on these walls. Um, two separate conversations, same thing. And I was like, dude, this is perfect. Like I can do this. Like I'm, I'm ready, mm-hmm. you know, I'm ready to go big with this. So I did. And I got an email. So yeah, I started Saturday Worked for 12 hours, uh, took a break, picked it up again on Sunday, worked for 12 hours straight. So a total of 24 hours to do the whole thing mm-hmm. in one weekend. Uh, Monday morning at like 8.30, I get an email from I think, and he's like, hey. I'm going to bleep his name out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. That guy. No, he was cool about it. I mean, the whole art department was honestly super chill about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess public safety like La Mirada or something the city got mad at me for creating an unsafe environment which is just stupid the city got mad apparently not Biola well the Biola did too so I got in trouble from it was the old double trouble mm-hmm. um apparently I, I vandalized the wall even though it's being torn down it's literally being, like three days after right. this <laughs> yeah but the kicker is that they went out of their way to paint over my work Yes, that was I like I, they didn't even let me keep the boards. Yeah, they painted over it, and terrible. The other fun part about the story is that nobody, so they got a work order to re, to paint over my mural, mm-hmm. and not one single worker accepted the job. They were they I had no one. They, everyone refused to paint over my work. Nice. So the boss of like the the head guy of mm-hmm. facilities or whomever did it had to come down and do it himself. And I was like. Nice. Yes, this is a victory. <laughs> Justice, kind of. Kind of, Not but like really. stupid because I didn't get to keep it. You know, that was yeah. a lot of work then, and it was pretty cool. I thought. Yeah, it was sick. Um, but they did kind of immortalize the whole project because they made such a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely played it up, and yeah, you know, it, I kind of got infamous from it, and it was cool. I mean, it was fine at the end of the day, and the art department covered all the fines for me. Nice. So. That was even more dope, but that was that's the story. Wow. I had a uh, 
had a piece that that Biola didn't improve of. And I thought that that aspect of it all is really interesting to me because it's a it's a Christian work of art. I'm a Christian yeah, artist yeah. doing Christian art, talking about Christianity, mm-hmm. about God, and about like very biblically sound ideologies or whatever. Yeah. And my Christian university tried to censor you. Censored me. So did anyone who was kind of vocally opposed to your work try and talk to you about No. What so they it was? W- no one no one talked to me directly. They they complained to DBC. That's what I heard. It <laughs> did was ABC somebody talked to you. No, no one did. Or Zahavi did actually, but uh-huh. we didn't. She was again really cool about it. it was like, yeah. look, like we're not angry at you. Like honestly, it was cool. We're, we supported, but the school didn't. Public safety didn't. And like next time, just like go through the use so that they don't have any grounds to get mad at you. Why do you think that like difference is there? Why is this work because it's done in this way? shut down and you know what what does that mean well a few different things i think um the creating an unsafe environment that was the that was the kicker for me that really um kind of worked to my like understanding of it all um Mm -hmm. making people uncomfortable and everything the their responses to just eliminate and destroy as opposed to like attempt to understand and I think that I mean you can you can take that as far as you'd like in sort of a cultural way I think that um people want to have their safe spaces and they want to be okay and feel like they can be themselves and do their thing and I here I am being myself and doing my thing but I'm not allowed to because it impedes uh, it quote unquote impedes on other people's ability to be themselves and do their thing. Um, and when you look at it that way, it makes sense, I guess, you know, but there was a, a certain level of, it was, it was upsetting to me because I, I wasn't, I, I didn't force anybody to see it. I didn't like, it wasn't in the middle of campus on a, you know, I didn't like paint over the Jesus mural or something. Yeah. It's very removed. Um, Right. Or on the outskirts. And it's in the art department. Yeah. Right? And I figured this is the best place for this. Yeah. And it didn't go... I didn't just sort of willy-nilly do this. I definitely thought thought it through, and I was like, this is where it should go. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was was frustrating to me that there was people that were uncomfortable by it, and their reaction was to destroy it as opposed to try and understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is... Again, it's understandable because of sort of the society we live in mm-hmm. now. I think culture doesn't really... They don't want to hear or see things that they don't want to hear or see. I think I'll play, like, devil advocate All right, a little bit. Um, That's pretty much how I get through life. I just play devil's advocate <laughs> for everyone I encounter. Yeah. This work is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Especially... I'm assuming for most of the, almost all the students at Biola probably would be very uncomfortable when they view this. Because if I was to give my, pass my judgment on this and without knowing anything about you and without knowing anything about art (laughs) or Mm -hmm. like what the purpose of it was, 
um, I could probably easily read into this as like more of an attack on Christianity Mm -hmm. than a work that celebrates Christianity or has positive Christian themes behind it. Because I could say, oh, that is the image of Christ and you covered his head Mm -hmm. and you have dead people worshiping him. Right. You know, it's like, oh, Christ is supposed to bring life and you're, you know, vandalizing his body and his name and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you have no there's definitely a, so. there's a, there's another side to that coin for sure um but and you, you know that i'm very much aware yeah. of that and i'm not even i'm i'm not even going to go as far as to say that those aren't intentional <laughs> um because i think there are some sides of contemporary christianity that i do find rather uh unaligned to perhaps I don't want to say too many solidified <laughs> things perhaps some more proper trajectories for what I believe a a, a Christian should sort of be or uphold or um, sort of associate with so there is regardless of those things right um, the fact that you're still a, like depends it all goes down to like i guess what you define as a christian Mm -hmm. and a lot of people all over the world have different definitions for that um but the fact that you follow jesus right at the core and which is arguably what makes you a christian at all and Mm -hmm. everything else kind of comes along with it right um the fact that you can share that with who everyone else who claims to also share that at Biola, um, but can't have an open discussion when it comes to these other things, especially through art, and the fact that they would just shut it down, yeah, um, is kind of frustrating. Yeah, um, like I said, it, it, it is frustrating. But then again, it was as much as it was frustrating that people didn't. I didn't receive like I never talked to anybody who was against it mm-hmm. um it was sort of a good social experiment to kind of see where people were at mm-hmm. um and to know that that's not like they they see the the negative side of it first you know because yeah. of the way you, the way what you just described is that's that's not something it's not not something you could read from it yeah. right um yeah but that was definitely, that's not my intention. That wasn't mm-hmm. what I was saying with it. It was, there was, I, I was aware that that was something that could be read into it, but mm-hmm. as with, I believe, any art, craft, whatever, there's, the viewer is completely responsible. You know, I, you and I could look at the same painting and have completely mm-hmm. different readings of it. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out the artist had a completely other intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that goes into the question, is the artist responsible for the billions of different ways that his or her work could be viewed? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as long as the artist is aware that there are more than one, there is like other ways of viewing it, um, that at least they, they might have their bases covered. Um, mm-hmm. Potential discussions with with viewers or whatever. Yeah, and also I think your work... Although you placed this piece in Viola for Viola to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that was intentional. Yeah. But, you know. Most of your work and like themes behind it, that's not your intended audience. No, it's not at all, and which is so interesting, I think. 
like the people from Biola who see this, your goal isn't to start a conversation to them as to why they should follow Jesus. Right, which goes into some pretty like interesting topics, I think. The importance of like Christian art, I think it has a few different sort of roles. I think as a Christian artist, you either make, you either, I don't know, there, there's, you can make art for Christians, mm-hmm. you make art about Christianity, or you can just like make art for the art community, the world, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that sometimes Christian artists who make art about Christianity for Christians, you know, the very closed circuit, mm-hmm. kind of get overlooked um, by sort of like the art world. Yeah. Um, because I think it's sort of viewed as sort of like tchotchke art now. Yeah, it's kind of, it's funny, or not funny, but it's... This is not taken seriously. It has a specific purpose. Right. And yeah, art for Christian, art for Christians is so much different than art by Christians. Right, right. You know? But is, is there one that's better than the other? No, there's not. I you hesitated. So. I wouldn't say. Well, because I could say I didn't. I enjoy. I definitely enjoy art, like true art that's done by a Christian. That's maybe hanging in LACMA or, you know, the Broad or right. done by my friend Ludo, um, and, but just because that's my own opinion, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that the church, the paintings that are made to hang in a Baptist church in their lobby with a dove and, like, white Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, although that's problematic. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other can that's of worms, a whole other right? Category. That's, that's just, something else. Let's just say, away from the images of God. Right, let's just say, let's stick the with dove, the dove. You know, paintings of the cross at sunset. Mm-hmm. Images that just remind people or remind the attendees of the church right. what they're celebrating, what they're there for. Right. That has value and in some way that bridges Christianity and art um, and any connection, any way that art can connect to the general public, I would say is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, any way that exposes people to art in all of its very form and all of its many forms is always a positive thing. But what that art doesn't do is make people have bigger discussions. Right. I think the the highlighting sort of idea behind it is the art that's the dove painting is is perhaps not more or less important and more or less uh, good, quote unquote art. Um so much so much as a as a Christian are are we not, you know, told to go and make disciples and is that not something that's in our you know, in the resume or mm-hmm. in the whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is something that the dove painting doesn't do. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't have that, the relatable thing, the relatable attribute, the relatable something, whatever, yeah. whatever component to, to your work that mm-hmm. allows it to be viewed by a secular atheist, a Buddhist, a Jew, whatever, insert any number of yeah. other qualifications there, um, that they could see it and approach it and have some sort of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it doesn't do that. It right. doesn't do anything. Yeah. It well, it's it's hanging in a church, a. Eh? Yeah. You know, and if it's not like there's, I would be, I would be shocked if I ever saw something like that in what you know the number of fine art galleries that are in the area. Yeah. You know, um, but I think that's that is the important difference to understand that there's. Again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be confident saying that one is better than the other per se, but I do yeah. think that there's one that I think more people should be comfortable doing. I think yes. that there's a lot of Christian artists who are kind of scared to join the contemporary mm-hmm. art arena because it has been so secularized and mm-hmm. there it, it is. It's been sort of washed out of of any yeah. semblances of of faith or Which, anything. And that, that's what was exposed by the covering up of your piece. You know? Right. And that's, the, that's why I would think it was interesting that we kind of brought that up. Is exactly. I think it's sort of... The fear to engage something that might make you question your faith, even though that wasn't your purpose. Right. Well, that was definitely the, the purpose. The fact that I put it in that space was me knowing that I want people to question their faith because I knew that if that piece in particular was the most sort of obvious... Christian thing that I've ever made probably mm-hmm. um, and I knew that by putting it in a Christian space which is not the original space that I had ever intended for mm-hmm. anything that I've ever made yeah. um, that I would create that uncomfortable environment that I got called out on and in trouble for mm-hmm. and instead of people engaging with it and maybe questioning like why do I believe this or like why does this make me uncomfortable or like why like what part about this you know, the, there's yeah. a there's there is a positive dialogue to be had there, even yeah. if you, you know, are looking at it as I'm stabbing Christianity. Yeah. Um, that I think there's a sort of bypass because people don't people don't want to be made uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is it's it's all kind of cyclical. It was like an intentional. The fact that it got covered up means I was kind of successful at what I was trying to do. Yeah. It was just kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's like time. I'm bummed that the outcome was exactly what I expected. Right, <laughs> right. That's that's the that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know that that whole project was was successfully unsuccessful, sort of mm-hmm. in a way. Um, I love the fact that this piece, when put in front of two different audiences, can do such different things, and the fact that the Christians have a negative response and maybe the intended audience of, you know, the people who subscribe to these darker themes and like are attracted to these darker tones. Um, it can have so much of a, more of a positive impact on them. Mm-hmm. Again, like that was your original intention. Just pointing out that difference, I think is very interesting and says something about the power that art has mm-hmm. and the power that art done by christians can have in the world right right i think the the culture of today is it's it's bleeding and i think it needs more christians Mm -hmm. putting culture out there and you know the only way to change culture is to just infuse it with more culture and there's there's probably debate on whether like what the best way of doing that is Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a fear of engagement with right. the world, but that's the exact opposite of what I think. Christian right. I don't think that there, that I don't think there can be, or at least in most cases, I don't think there ought to be just like sort of a blatant blanket condemnation of 
the contemporary culture yeah. because it is it is the world it is mm-hmm. like what we have um but that doesn't mean that you have to adhere to it all you know exactly. I don't it's think. being in the world but not of it exactly exactly i think and christians especially should be in the world right you know because right. if we're hiding up images on our own campus and not starting the dialogue then what are we we're doing, doing the world a disservice yeah. in, in many ways and i think the biggest problem that people are having today is that the 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 lines between in the world and of the world are getting sort of washed out mm-hmm. and i think that it's it's becoming more difficult to just be in the world and not of the world and i think that oh, a lot of cases in contemporary christianity it's becoming more of the world because that's that's how you get accepted by the world that's sort of Mm -hmm. the popular that's like the popular status quo at the moment Mm -hmm. and i think that's dangerous so sort of being very intentional and and wise about separating yourself from uh perhaps engaging or like becoming the culture Mm -hmm. and just understanding the culture so that you can better and more um, intellectually like dialogue with it yeah and and add to it i think that's sort of what christians should be christian artists and christian creators makers whatever mm-hmm. ought to be very um passionate about at this point i think because yeah. i think the world has potentially never been more lost and confused as it has as it is as it is right now mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's clear that i think culture now needs a lot of a lot of blood donations from Christians. So. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that art and like in this case your art offended Christians but can be used for other things that are positive for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was offensive really doesn't matter and in the long run doesn't hurt anyone and Right. You know. I don't think I took anybody away from faith here. Exactly. Even if you were the the most radical person who was offended by this it should have only served to hopefully make them more strong in faith and make them more proud they're like i'm glad that that's not me and that's why i feel like they shouldn't avoid images like this because if you're afraid that this is gonna make you question your faith in god or like stop believing then you know there's a bigger problem at hand right and that should start that conversation within yourself like this literally almost, if, if, again, this is from the point of view of that person who, whatever, <laughs> the, the third door that may be bad, mm-hmm. um, encountered my work on the wall and was like, damn, like, I don't think I can be a Christian anymore because <laughs> this, these guy's two, saying this guy, this guy, Ludo <laughs> made something and yeah. it says maybe not what I want it to say. Yeah. Then I think that that interaction starts something within a person and you know maybe that starts to sort of mm-hmm. um, a process that either like yeah it might take them away from faith or might like sort of hold them back but I think in the long run if you start a conversation about what you believe with yourself mm-hmm. you will always come out more informed at the other end you mm-hmm. know, and hopefully stronger and more settled within your own beliefs yeah some of my favorite art and music and movies and stand-up comedy is in all those are art <laughs> forms right. um some of my favorite art is art from non-christians who are in this mode of questioning and 
maybe even ridiculing Christianity and God, mm-hmm. um, but just are so honestly broken and understand that they are lost um, and looking at that from the perspective of someone who has found life um, that's like some of my favorite kind of art because it reveals the power of God and mm-hmm. the need for God in the world um, and in fact like that art from non-Christians can be some of those some of the most worshipful times for me and God honoring times mm-hmm. when he's being sought and when he's being questioned and wrestled with those those times I think are what is really powerful um and really honestly god honoring so yeah well i think that's it's interesting that you say that because i think that's potentially like i said if you didn't know me that might have been your experience with this if you had encountered this not knowing who i was or what i was doing or yeah um from christians too christians who are open and honest in their own uh you know questions about god right and i think uh, most christians do and if yeah. not all i think everyone probably does and yeah and so the the bad part is when you try and cover that up right, right? and when you try right. to say that no it's okay everything's fine we don't need to address this we're good there's no questioning happening right. and that's when you know culture is not being reached and right. there's no discussion happening and even worse, like, you're just shutting yourself off, you know? From, so. from every culture, from, you know, the culture of the world and your own, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, because yeah. that's, yeah. And I think making and everything and, and producing art is is a very specific type of person's very specific type of way of processing what they're going through and, and revealing what, where they're at in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that successful art is um, someone's sort of uh, ponderings or questioning of life and and God and uh, whatever, the world, as they see it, that just sort of, that reaches other people, that like allows other people into the conversation, into the sort of the train of thought and sees like, you know, because this, it won't reach everybody. I understand that, but I think that there are some people that it will. Mm-hmm. And that you know, it makes me be able to go to sleep easy at night, knowing that I, I'm doing what I think God wants me to do and has me on this earth to do. And yeah, even if I start, even if I just like plant a seed in one person, I'm like, hey, like there's this God guy that like you know, yeah, you might not be, you might not end up you know completely lifeless if you follow this, yeah, this person. Then, then I think that's success and. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think it should be celebrated. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so too, but uh <laughs> but even if it's even if it's not like universally sort of celebrated mm-hmm. within the Christian community. I'm not I, I don't I never did any of this for like like some sort of applause from Biola. I like I said I kind of expected to get some flack from it. Yeah. I just was I was expecting to have conversations with those people. I just yeah. and when I didn't, I was disappointed, but I was assured that I definitely hit some, you know, I think it was. <clears throat> the questions you brought yeah. up are very relevant. <laughs> are relevant, yeah. And I think that that's, 
especially for me at that point, that was something that I was very personally dealing with and like sort of encountering. So it was mm-hmm. something that I was like really uh, like a motive about, and I was yeah. like ready to sort of engage with the world about it. And then I did in the the making and the production way, but then when I wasn't able to like have those dialogues between people or those dialogues were one-sided and kind of mm-hmm. sort of aggressively cut off that yeah. was sort of the the part that kind of was, it was very revealing kind of about what my practice is actually doing yeah within a christian community and i was like okay so i i, I learned a lot about sort of the the viola community the christian community mm-hmm. um and where my you know, my work sort of stands with it all yeah so yeah these what we've kind of talked about in your art has kind of been how I've thought about things like tattoos and you probably will agree like I don't think there's any reason Christians shouldn't get tattoos Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you know apart from it I don't know some people are old fashioned and just don't like them but the fact that you're not gonna get a tattoo just for the sake of it just think about like you said this art uh, opens questions for an audience that may not be engaging with God. But if, like, say, I have a tattoo, a tattoo <laughs> and someone who's not a Christian who has a ton of tattoos asks me about my tattoo, you know, that that is an open door for them. Right. right? And that's how I started getting tattooed. All The first three <laughs> tattoos I got were all ways, was same same concept of my, my fine art practice. It was like, I want to be able to start conversations with non-Christian people about Christian things. Yeah. Um, and then when, obviously when I got a job, I stopped worrying about the content of the tattoo and I was, I more understood that I could steer that conversation from, uh, what my, my tattoos mean, Mm -hmm. uh, to where I get them and why I get them and who I get them from. And Mm -hmm. and then, so I still am able to talk about it. It's just not a, and I get a lot of flack from people because people are, people who are close to me that know that I started getting tattooed very selectively and now see me and I have like more tattoos than I can, I think I'm up to like 40. Yeah. Like, and not all of them, you know, mean Christian, Christian things, you know, from the Bible, you know, like this is a, this is a band, but that's even, that's like what I'm referring to. Yeah. Aside from the Christian tattoos of Bible verses Mm -hmm. and, you know, writing in Hebrew, yeah, just, being able to share something with an, a community outside of exactly. the Christian church yeah. is such a huge deal in ministry, like just yeah, building absolutely. connections. Yeah. Um, and that's one way to do it is, you know, cause then they see that you're, you know, you're familiar with their lifestyle mm. and that's, I don't know, being in the world, or being of in the world but not of it, you know, I think that applies here as well. I think so too, yeah. I think that that's maybe, um, taking my cues off. Um, <laughs> I think that that is, there was, that was not uh, an unintentional sort of motivation towards me approaching tattooing as, as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, just understanding that. And then that was in some of my early conversations when I started really becoming serious about it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm really going to pursue an apprenticeship. And I'm going to, and I know where, you know, I, I told myself, um, 
right when I started looking for apprenticeships, I went to a few different shops and mm-hmm. I and, and I always kept going back to Grace and I was like, this is where I need to be. Um, so I told myself, I was like, if I don't get an apprenticeship at Grace, then I'm not tattooing. Like that's, mm. that's, so that was why Grace. Because I wanted to be able to say, um, that the people around me, you know, this is, that, that is a shop that is, um, absolutely founded, you know, in Christ. And you can, I think it's obvious when you walk in that there's something different about the place and the people there. Um, and I wanted to be a part of it. And that kind of goes back to me understanding that like, not all the tattoos I have now are mm-hmm. Christian tattoos. Like obviously like this means Jesus and whatnot. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to be able to be a part of uh, tattooing that like allowed me access to that world, but I could still have support and mm-hmm. and and sort of a, a Christian background yeah. through it. And I think that shop is doing that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't know how many times we you know bring up every day. You know, we're not like tattooing someone like, hey, have you heard about yeah, Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah. You know. Because, I don't know, that's kind of weird, but (laughs) (laughs) I think there's just something obviously different about it, and that's what I wanted to be a part of, and I wanted to be able to say that, like, I get tattooed at Grace, and I, this is where I work, and these are the people that I associate with. Mm -hmm. And then they just turned out to be, like, really cool-ass people, and I was like, hell yeah, this is, this is where I want to (laughs) be, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that shop specifically kind of embodies what you're talking about, like, Mm -hmm. uh, being in, but not of. Yeah, reaching others yeah basically and i think that's important and and like my aspirations are to to be able to like travel and and bring that to bring that background and that mm-hmm. mentality and 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 background of tattooing into as many places as i can and yeah yeah but always and i and i think that i'll always sort of have have grace be my my home base like i want to be there yeah and and always like support that Mm -hmm. that community it's important so yeah yeah the power of art the power of art (laughs) good old art good old art well uh thanks for all your thoughts and for meeting me in my bedroom (laughs) to Mm. discuss this (laughs) Uh, anytime yeah uh i spoke to luke this morning and i said well, I spoke to Luke and Daniel today, and I asked them both, uh, what do you suggest I ask Ludo to do or say? And Daniel said, I should make you sing something. Ew. So. You know that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> Luke. What did Luke say? Let's go with Luke's option. You're going to go with Luke's option? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to make these sort of assumptions before. Luke said, have him pray out the podcast. Oh, yeah, I'm going with Luke's option. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Daniel also said he's going to pray before he sings. <laughs> okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to cut the audio, and then I'll sing to you personally. No, audio or none. No, they can't hear it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I have a very... It's a hot commodity, mm-hmm. and these listeners are not going to pay for aforementioned commodity that's so true. it would be it wouldn't be good business for me to share all right that's my fair. voice all right well but i i would certainly pray pray uh pray out the episode all right so 
Thanks for coming, kids. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to another episode. I love all of you. Uh, all right. Pray us out. Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you first and foremost for Ben and his podcast and inviting me here and kind of like allowing me into his uh, bedroom and talking about art and uh, talking about you and kind of the uh, the nuances of the um, the the relationship between uh, your world and uh, the world that is um, currently being lived upon. Uh, we just thank you for giving um, humans the ability to create and the ability to um, produce artwork uh, in all the different forms and to be able to speak through all these different ways. Uh, we just ask that you um, inspire uh, the the creators of the world to um, to build and to uh, uh, produce work and bring things into this world that. Um, Help people come and see you and, and bring people to faith and bring people to uh, know you better and to know you uh, for as you as you truly are. Uh, God, we just ask that you are with people um, all over the world who are, are uh, going through hard trips um, and going through um, persecution and just be with them um, and provide your, uh, your love and your grace and your comfort. Um, let me just thank you for all that you've uh, given us and yeah, amen. Amen. Bye-bye. Adios.